Welcome to the Data-Led Podcast, brought to you by InnerTrends. This podcast is dedicated to helping folks become data-led to build better products and experiences. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Data-Led Podcast. In today's episode, we are going to approach a topic that is very dear to my heart, and that is UX data tracking. Before we go into it, let's first talk about what UX data is. And I usually split data into three categories. Core events, the events that are directly linked to the value of your business. UX data, which is how people interact with the interface of your product. And third-party data, which is the data from the other tools you have out there in your marketing stack. And today we'll be talking about UX data. Some of the talking points, what is the purpose of UX data and how can it help? How do we track UX data? How much UX data should we track? And what types of learnings can we get from UX data? And as usual, I'm not going to do this alone. I have a very special guest, an expert in UX data, Daniel Bashari, founder and CEO of Convisit. Convisit is a product that automatically captures UX data, every user interaction uses using AI, artificial intelligence. So welcome, Daniel, to the show. Thank you, Claudio. It's great to be here. Great to have you. So let's dive in directly. What is the purpose of UX data and how can it help? Okay. So although most companies do track core event data that is required to measure their KPIs, many of them don't have the ability to properly track UX event data that is essential for improving these KPIs. So UX event data, as you said, reflects user interactions with your website or application. This data allows you to understand user journeys, detect common patterns, friction points, and improve your KPIs instead of just measuring them. So that's the whole purpose of UX event data, actually. Yeah, I love how you put it like that, because indeed, like all the big KPIs out there are about hitting certain milestones for the business, like people doing something in my product or getting to to a certain degree of usage uh, of the product. But in order to change those metrics, you actually need to interact with the product. So that's where the UX data comes from, right? Mm, correct. So how do we track UX data today? Okay, so when it comes to user experience data, most companies rely on page views, which are provided by default with any analytics tool, but their insights using this very basic data are very limited. As you all know, modern websites, SaaS applications, they contain many models, different functionality, all in a single page. If we rely just on page views, we'll get no insight at all into what visitors are doing with the web page itself, how they're interacting with different elements, where they get stuck, trying to accomplish tasks. So limited visibility into user journeys leads to very limited KPI improvements. Therefore, I guess we all agree that UX event data must absolutely include on-page activities as well. And the most advanced conventional approaches to track UX event data in pages is actually to sit down and create a tracking plan, meaning to decide in advance what specific events you want to track, how to call them, list all the relevant properties. Then someone in the organization, usually a developer, needs to add tracking codes to track each event, uh, each event with its properties. That's usually done by using a JavaScript SDK. And other approaches include Tag Manager, like Google Tag Manager. I guess that uh, our guests are familiar with it. 
Although this approach involves less code, it's still very manual and technical, requires you to understand CSS selectors. Newer approaches are visual tagging tools. These tools allow you to tag different events using a user interface, but they come with their own downsides, mainly around the reliability over time and the fact that they're still requiring some technical understanding, mainly in order to track track properties. You still need to understand the structure of the web page, CSS selectors, and so forth. So these are the main approaches today for tracking UX event data. Well, there is another approach, and we'll get into that, because that's the approach you at ConVisit are trying to, uh, to address. Uh, but before we get into that, a little bit of, I think we need to get into a couple of things here. So first thing is, Tracking plans. Yeah, like we, I don't think we should tell anyone that you don't need a tracking plan, but the idea of putting all the UX data in a tracking plan kind of means automatically you'll make your tracking plan messy. Like if your tracking plan only has the core events and the most important events in it, it's clean. It's easy to understand, easy to navigate through. Uh, but those are, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 events for a typical SaaS product add UX data and you'd be adding sometimes hundreds of events and good luck navigating through that. So yes, the idea is not to eliminate the tracking plan, but to take the UX data out of the tracking plan, maybe just create rules or other means to, uh, to automate that part. Uh, another thing I'd like to go into is a little bit of history here. So you're right, in the beginning, UX data meant only page views because that's what Google Analytics introduced, I think, 15 or 17 years ago. Uh, I think it was 2005 when they made Google Analytics available for any company. And what they did was only track UX data. So Google Analytics was only tracking UX data and only a small percentage of UX data, which is page views. But back then, in 2005, the internet, I think it was called 1.0, and it worked page by page. So actually a page, a URL of a page actually held a lot of context of what the page is about. Well, not anymore. Today, in our rich application environment, it doesn't work the same. So the same URL will not look in the same way to three different users. And you need to capture that because it's context that makes users move uh, to get value from your product. So yes, that's why I truly believe we do need that UX data. So let's move on to, to a better approach to get the UX data, which you at ConVisit uh, are trying to address. How does it work? Okay. So basically, Convisit uses AI to automatically understand user interactions of, on web pages, on websites, applications. We automatically track every single interaction, extract the relevant meaning from the web page, just like a human being does, and structure this data, send it into any tool that you like, uh, your CDP, analytics, so you get full UX event data effortlessly without any manual tagging or coding or any of these things. You're right that, uh, I don't know, many Google analytics meant many uh, data analytics, uh, product analytics tools, marketing analytics tools. They used to rely on page views, but even Google analytics is doing this transformation now. Uh, no. GA4, for example, <laughs> GA4, <yes>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> GA4 is an event-based uh, analytics platform. That's a completely different approach to, uh, than what they had till now. 
They actually um, throw away Google Analytics 3 completely and they rebuild from scratch a new analytics product exactly for those reasons. So yeah. But let's get back to ConVisit on this one. So you say that you are using artificial intelligence to understand the context of when somebody clicks on something and name that event. Let me play the skeptical uh, here. It's, um, sure. How, how can AI do that better than a human being? Okay. So I think that what's unique about UX event data is that it tends to change a lot. Websites, applications, they change all the time. You cannot really keep track all these changes when you do things manually. And by having a system that is intelligent enough to understand the structure of the web page, understand which properties are relevant to which event, you're able to get much more granular data without manually defining every single event. What Convisit actually does is to understand the structure of the web page, understand the relevant context, the relevant properties, the surroundings, that may provide us with important information for each event. And we track this information without you to manually define an identifier for a specific element that you want to track or to rely on CSS selectors, which that uh, exactly what other tools do, like, I don't know, heap analytics, other tools are using more code-based approaches like mixed panel amplitude. So with ConVisit, you can get all the data that you need without the manual instrumentation. It is important to keep in mind that for core event data, like uh, for uh, measuring your KPIs, you do need a tracking plan. As you said, you want to be consistent and measure the same things over time. But UX event data reflects the user interface, that the, the user interface that the customer is seeing. And this user interface changes all the time. You need an automatic tool to track the events in order to explain user behaviors better, to understand the user journey, to detect relevant patterns. You cannot really keep track on, of all these changes manually. Yeah, I often, I often actually talk to this with uh, a lot of our customers and I tell them that UX data is kind of useless after more than six months or nine months. Because if your interface looked different back then and you have an event name, I don't click the button, and you have the name of a button, let's say, you actually don't know how that button looked like and where it was nine months ago, because maybe it was in a different place in your application, maybe it was in a different uh, model or in a different area. So web applications, the interfaces change a lot. Do you in any way keep consistent? So like if I'm going to, I have a button now and I realize if I move it in another area, Will the name of the action be the same or do you change the name of the action to reflect that? How, how do you address uh, stuff like that? So we invest a lot of time in keeping the tracking continuity, which means our ability to see elements with the same functionality as the same event. That means that if you, let's say that you have a green add to cart button and you now change it to red add to bag, Convisit automatically understand that these two elements mean the same, like uh, they have the same functionality, even if they appear in slightly different places on the screen, Convisit will track it as the same event, just uh, like different instances of the same event. If you use manual approaches, like uh, UI-based tagging tools, they rely on CSS selectors. And when the appearance change, the CSS selector might change, may change as well. And then your tracking breaks. Therefore, Manual UI-based approaches were considered to be less reliable than the, like coding events manually, 
But with this approach, you don't have this downside, uh, which is great. And I think that that's why customers can really trust converted data. Yes, uh, I, think, I think the approach is very interesting. And uh, being a data analyst myself, my first reaction to this was, hey, a robot can't do a better job than me. But then I think robots showed us that they can often do much better jobs than us and make our jobs much easier. So definitely, I think it's, a, it's an interesting uh, approach. But let's get to the next part of it. Like how much UX data should track in the first page, how much UX data do you track with ConVisit? Where do you put the limit on how much uh, you, you collect? Mm -hmm. Okay, so as you mentioned earlier, unlike core event data that should be very focused, you need a plan, you need to define very carefully your, KP your KPIs. When it comes to UX event data, it is important to track as many events and properties as you can. Of course, you don't look at all events all the time, but having complete UX event data allows you to detect different opportunities that you can't find otherwise, especially with the sophistication of analytics tools today. So you can't possibly know in advance which events and properties are the most important to track. And usually when you find out that you need this, informa this information, it's too late. Like, uh, okay, now I need to add this to my tracking plan. Let the developers know that I need these events. It's not their top priority probably. So it's going to take them some time to implement that. And then you have to wait a few weeks till you have the relevant data to analyze what you wanted. So in general, it's better to collect, to collect complete event UX, uh, UX event data than tracking just a few events. But the problem was that Till very recently, you had to manually select and keep track all these changes on the website, which made it a real hassle for companies. The good news, you said that uh, you don't need to use these conventional approaches. By using AI, you can detect all the changes automatically. You can track complete UX event data. Again, you don't need to choose you don't need to look at all the data at once, but when you need the data in order to investigate opportunities, find insights, understand friction points, you can get the exact data, data that you need in order to find the right insights. One last, th last thing to keep in mind is again, something that you mentioned, although you track a lot of events, you want to track as many events as you can, UX event data, you don't need to keep this information for too long. I would even say that you don't need six or nine months, usually, just having a couple of months, assuming that you have enough traffic, should be enough in order to understand the user patterns, to find friction points, and to answer your questions. But the, it is important to have enough data and complete data in order to get to the right, to the right decisions and the, move your KPIs, improve them. That's why yep. you need to have complete data and not just a fraction of it. And you, you said the magic, the, the magic keyword here, which is patterns. Let's say you don't track any UX data at all, and you want to analyze the onboarding funnels. You will only have the core events. I like created an account. Uh, let's say you are something like MailChimp that sends email. Created account, create marketing campaign, uh, send email. And you'll have the onboarding rate. Yeah, like you have the core events to track that. And you'll know like, hey, we like 40% or 60% of our new accounts created send emails. Well, why is there a drop off? How can we influence that? Well, that's where the UX data comes into place. Now, if you only collect page views, let's say, you figure out that people that get to the campaign page are more likely to send campaigns. Well, duh, it's obvious, like they get, they need to get there in order to, to send campaigns. 
So, okay, what if we go further down? What if we, if we track which are the sections of the page that they interact with and they click on? And we start to see that the people that, I don't know, add the logo or add their logo to the marketing campaigns are more likely to finish the onboarding process. And that's, these are the patterns that you talk about, right? Like we want to as much data as possible from the UX perspective. We don't need a lot of historical data because it's all statistics. We don't even need 100% accurate data. Most of it is tracked client side. JavaScript blockers will stop off some of that data. Nothing can go around that. But it's all about statistics. Which parts of our product, which sections, which buttons are more likely to influence people go one way or another? Right. UX event data allows you to understand the gaps or like what's happening between funnel stages to understand what drives the next action. I agree with you that although accuracy is important in tracking data in general, here, the most important thing is to have a complete understanding of what's going on. Yeah. So actually, actually, accuracy for, for UX data doesn't come from tracking all the users, but comes from tracking more interactions. Like that's exactly. what describes like with high accuracy what happened. If I don't track uh, a lot of the interactions, I might have... Pieces of the puzzle might be missing and I'm not going to understand what's happening. But the more data I track, even if it's not from all the users, I get the full picture. So yes, accuracy for UX data is not from tracking everyone, but from tracking more uh, of the ones that are being tracked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely agree. Okay, so in this exercise, we just went through an example of what types of learnings uh, we can get from uh, from UX data. Uh, let's let's go into some uh, some other ones. What have you seen? What improvements have you seen from certain companies or any case studies from uh, using UX data and when tracked correctly? Mm -hmm. Okay, so I think that from a product perspective, the main usage is to uncover friction points or to get like insights into different groups of users. Many companies try to replicate success. Uh, they try to understand what drives desired uh, behaviors in order to replicate them. For example, if I see a specific segment of uh, users that uh, has a very high conversion rate, I, I'll try to take a look at the UX event data and find the specific actions that led them to eventually convert or purchase the product or things that they did in the first session without having complete UX event data. You cannot really find these, these patterns. It's quite hard to guess what makes them eventually uh, buy a product. Also, detecting friction points. I think that many companies are using UX event data to explain drop-offs between funnel stages. Again, it's quite difficult to understand which specific part in your application made a user leave, but uh, when you have UX event data, it's much easier. I think that some tools today have very sophisticated features. Product analytics tools are sophisticated. Some of them like inner trends, they have the ability to give you insights as well, which is quite amazing. And I think that having the right data is the, like, that's the fuel for uh, making these system, systems actually work for you. On the marketing side, I think that the main use cases that I've seen were creating more uh, specific uh, 
segments for retargeting. That's something that many customers do. They try to create more personalized experiences, and we can definitely see an increase in their ROI on their campaigns uh, using more granular data to define their segments. So I think that these are the typical use cases, but the sky is the limit, and you can get a lot from this information by using tools that the companies have today. Definitely. And if I look at the data, it's like I'd say core events is the data from the backend. Yeah, that's why we build the product. That's how we deliver value. UX data is the, represents the activity in the front end. And front end is what puts people, what links people to value. Yeah, like that's like you could, you could, your product could deliver amazing value, but with poor front end, with a poor interface, people would not get it. So UX data is, is critical in showing you how good is your interface at delivering the promise uh, that it makes. And uh, yes, you're right. Even us at Innotrends, we have a dedicated set of reports on feature usage that is only based on UX data because feature usage is UX. Yes, that's how people interact with your, uh, with your product. And it's very, very difficult to find insights in data without UX, uh, without tracking the UX data. With that being said, uh, Daniel, uh, to, to end the show, I'm going to go on a personal question to you here, because it seems you are very, very attached to automations. And ConVisit is all about automating and making things better. I think that's the way of the future. So how much of your daily life uh, is automation? <laughs> it is funny, but I do try to automate many things in my life. Uh, I'm just obsessed with not doing things repeatedly and finding creative solutions instead. So I think that uh, every time that I find myself doing something more than twice or uh, three times, and it sounds like it's going to, <laughs> it's going to happen a lot. Uh, I try to find uh, like a, an automated process to overcome, to overcome it. But uh, you know, as Bill Gates said, <laughs> a lazy person is probably better to solve a difficult problem because you will find a creative solution, creative workaround to uh, solve this problem. So uh, <laughs> I'm looking for such people in Convisit. Definitely. And uh, I, I, like your, I like your approach to if you do certain things more than three times, you try to automate. I think that's the secret to a happy marriage. Uh, and to end this, <laughs> it's, um, thank you, Daniel, for uh, joining our show. It was great to talk to you about UX data and uh, hope we get to meet again soon. Thank you, Claudio. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of the Data-Led Podcast, brought to you by InnerTrends. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. If you were inspired by what you heard, leave a rating and review. We love hearing from you. We can't wait for you to join us on our next episode of the Data-Led Podcast. <laughs>